you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. We consider it a wonderful honor that you let us come across your airwaves with this broadcast. We we think it's great. We've been honored this week. So we told you we bring back Pastor Miller. At one point he was swinging through about every six weeks or so. And, and then Pastor had a little bit of health scare and health trials come through, but but God was good to him. And uh, I'm here to report that Pastor Miller's looking as good as he ever did. He's got some new glasses. He's got those black frame 1960-ish glasses. And I'm kind of jealous because mine are brown. They, they're matching, but mine's brown. So I think I might be uh, I might be in the market for some black ones. I don't know. I guess there were, when your hair goes white, you got to go black with your glasses. Exactly. It makes the match. You know, th- these are actually a second pair of a prescription about six years ago. I wore the wiring ones for a period of time and then they were hurting my ear and so I put my second pair on and people have made more comments about these glasses than anything I've done in the last six months they they love them I said well uh, one lady said it will makes you look dignified and I said oh I hope it makes me look intelligent (laughs) (laughs) dignified's okay but I'm looking for intelligence yeah and uh yeah so Pastor Miller's looking like a movie star from uh the 1960s playing that uh, that leader that sits back pulling all the strings as but. much as you can do for somebody coming 75 years of age <laughs> praise god and uh, i'm not far behind him folks this stuff moves quick and so here we are we're in ephesians chapter six finally my brother be strong in the lord uh in in the power of his might and so we've been talking about armor and pastor Appley talked to us about the wiles of the devil those methods of scheming the this angel of light and uh reminding again that we're not wrestling against the people in this world, even though the devil uses some of them. But we started talking yesterday. We we came down and there we were. We found ourselves stand therefore in verse number 14 of chapter 6 of Ephesians, having your loins girt about with truth. And so, Pastor, we find ourselves at the second part of this verse now, or the second piece of armor. And, uh, uh, and, and it goes on and it says, having on the breastplate of righteousness. Talk to us about that. Yes, uh, a breastplate was simply metal or some kind of leather that went from the shoulders down in the front of the soldier all the way to the hips where the girdle was or the belt of truth. And the belt of truth would keep it in place from flopping at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, And it is critical. If anybody knows anything about fighting in the military you don't shoot at people's legs unless you just want to cripple them where do you shoot for you either shoot for the head or the heart yeah the vital organs and that's what the breastplate would protect you know this is a problem i've had health-wise recently is heart afib well they've gone in and corrected that issue and this is the thing though but if you get a wounded heart And, you know, we talk about a wounded heart because we talk about wounded spirits. Yeah. And you mentioned last time about the fact that, you know, people can have the trauma and all of that, but the real issue is how you're going to respond to truth. That's it. Somebody said recently, it's not my responsibility. It's not my ability. It's my response to God's ability. Yeah. And his righteousness protects 
our heart, our inner being, our, where our vitality is. And that's what he's driving at here. He says, take the breastplate of righteousness. The objective righteousness is Christ's legal righteousness that he earned for us and offers us for a gift when he justifies us. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, <laughs> that's it. And that's what Martin Luther came to realize that when he looked at righteousness, he always felt as a monk that he was condemned and he was so ungodly and God was so holy. But he came to realize that there's three types of righteousness described in the book of Romans. And one is, yes, God's holiness and righteousness and God's just and fairness was another one. But the other one was a gift by faith that he could receive through what Christ did in his death, burial, and resurrection. And Martin Luther received that righteousness of Christ. And, you know, that's what closes. And, and Satan comes to you. Yeah. Satan comes, and he's an accuser. And he accuses you of, you're, you're so unholy, you're so ungodly, you couldn't be saved. And you know how we answer that when we've received Christ? Yes, I am a sinner, but I have Christ's righteousness. Amen. And Satan, what are you going to do with Christ's righteousness? It's, it's my breastplate. You can't get it off. God's given it to me, and it can't be removed. I have the breastplate of Christ's righteousness. Wow. Pretty wonderful stuff there. And, and one of the things I love about studying a Roman soldier, and it wasn't that long ago when I was reading a uh, biography on General George S. Patton. And Patton would always talk to his troops, and Patton had this rule, and he'd always talk about um, a Roman soldier and things that they did. And he said, you know, that their armor was on the front of them. They weren't programmed for retreating. Nothing they were on the programmed, back. right? <laughs> they were totally programmed to be facing the enemy and going at it. They were yeah. ready to go at it. So, so Patton would always say, "We're we're not programmed to retreat. We're programmed to fight." Fight, not flee. That's right. We're, we're not leaving. We're not retreating. And uh, uh, so Patton actually fired a general one time who dropped back a little bit. He said, no, we're not programmed for that. We're soldiers. We hold our ground or we die. Mm -hmm. yeah. The enemy's going to know, hey, this is real. These people are protected. They're dug in. And I love this when we talk about the breastplate of righteousness because we're committing ourselves to this high, this biblical high standard of moral and ethical behavior. So, you know, our ethics aren't situational. Our ethics do not come from the government or a constitution. No, it's bigger than that. Yes. Uh, our ethics come from the holy word of God. Yes. There's a legal righteousness yeah. which Christ gives us to stand before God as just and righteous as he is before God the Father. But then there's a living righteousness that gets involved in this that you just referenced yeah. If we have Christ's righteousness, then the next step is live righteously, and Satan won't have any legitimate accusations against you. Right. You know, it's. I remember whenever I was struggling with my own personal assurance of salvation, and I finally came and said, I'm claiming what Christ has provided. But, you know, the further I went in life, I started living righteously, and Satan couldn't come and say, well, how could you be a Christian? You did this and this and this. And no, I'm living righteously. He doesn't have where to lay hands on something that's ungodly in me. 
And that brings blessing to others when we live righteously. And, and, and that's it, folks. And, and that's, I think that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, our walk with God is making sure we're right. And when we do that, we remember that God can use our testimony amongst our families, yes. amongst the brethren, amongst our fellow soldiers. You know, there's always a great soldier in every company you know, in the army mm-hmm. and, uh, leaders are quick to point out, you know, look at Jones over there. Stand Jones. out. Yeah. Jones stands out. He's the first one at physical training in the morning. He's, he's got the best fighting position. He, he's the guy. So it doesn't matter what your job is in the army, whatever your job is, is, is great. And you need to do that piece. So by the time I retired from the army, I came in, I was a heavy equipment operator assigned to combat engineers. And, and this was pretty big. We were the first ones in getting bridges and, and laying some things down so that the infantry could get in the main part of the battle. It was a big deal. So we were always focused on that. So we were constantly focused on being the best soldier we could be. Well, then all of a sudden I end up in the administrative side of the army. And the thing you got to remember, it doesn't matter what you do in the army. Everybody's a soldier. So every six months, just like a combat engineer, I'd go qualify with my physical training. I'd go qualify with a written test about the soldier skills, the soldier qualification traits. You had to know them all. You had to get 100 or you went back and started all over again Mm -hmm. because there's none you can miss there. And uh, so we always had to be a soldier no matter what our jobs were, no matter where life took us. And, And as Christians, we forget that we're soldiers. And, uh, and soldiers know the manual and soldiers do the truthful things and, and soldiers put on that breastplate of righteousness. Soldiers are, they have to be in the ready mode at all times, 24 hours a day. They have to be a soldier. Yes. Well, we're clothed with Christ's righteousness for God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, Christ. But we want to not only have legal standing as a soldier or a saint of God through Christ, we want to live like a soldier lives. And that's what you're saying about Jones. He was living the soldier's life. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was live. it was different. And our life should be different. You know, the yes. truth of that is putting that somewhere else. We need to be different. Yes. You know, we're soldiers of God. We're soldiers of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We're, we're soldiers of light. We're the soldiers of the cross, That's soldiers right. of Christ. And, and, and folks, we're, we're soldiers that win. Uh, the battle's already been fought. We get to have these little skirmishes here on earth, but we're winners. We're champions. Imagine starting an NFL football season, and they're saying, hey, listen, New York Giants, you're going to be champs at the end here. You're 16-0. and 0. Right. <laughs> you just got to go out and do this every week. You're going to be champs. It's just knowing that information would be the most wonderful thing ever. And, folks, we know that information. Hey, listen, we got to do what we got to do with our radio stations. Just hang with us with Pastor Miller. So excited about moving forward with Amr. Thank you. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
What a reminder, though, to stand ready, to stand truthful, to stand uh, with this breastplate on and, and, and to, to be righteous, to put on the righteousness of God. And, and, and pastor, as a preacher, so you pastored many years, I think the, probably the most pivotal job in the church today is to be a pastor, to be the senior pastor of a church. I, I think if people are called to pastor, it's the most pivotal spiritually wonderful thing you can do. Debbie and I were called to plant our church at Fort Drum, New York, up in uh, Theresa, a little town right outside of Fort Drum. Some of you listening know that. Some of the old people, sadly, knew what it was like to have a preacher who had no clue what was going on. <laughs> and, uh, they're listening to me talk right now. So you're preparing yourself. I mean, you need to be that soldier, right? You're, you're the pastor. You're the spiritual general. Uh, you're the under-shepherd. So what does your day look like? How do you put on all this armor? How are you doing this in your life? I try to start my day with prayer, the Lord's Prayer, as it's called, but it's really the disciples' prayer. Yeah. And so I get, uh, I, I try to start out by praying specifically for myself, my family, and friends, and church people, the Lord's Prayer in specific application. And then uh, this morning after that, I got up and got to moving and got into the Word of God. I'm in Romans chapter 4, and it's that chapter of justification by faith, righteousness, God's righteousness. (laughs) And what a blessing it was to see that again this morning, remind my heart, and then after that, I'll do praying for specific areas, again, that need to be prayed for. Yeah, yeah. So as you read through your Bible, again, just just helping us out as we look at this pastor, dean of the Bible, an academic, uh, godly. I mean, what does your Bible reading look like? Do you do a certain book? Do you do, I'm kind of schizophrenic with my Bible reading. (laughs) You know, I've got a list that starts off in the Old Testament, a Psalm or a Proverb, and then over to the New Testament. Well, I try to go through the Bible two or three times a year, certain years. And then some years I just concentrate in-depth study. And then I listen on my headphones or uh, on my phone to narrative aspects of the Bible. I find that I get a lot more read and thought of and kept if I listen to the narrative and the whole story, not just one section of a book. Listen yeah. maybe to the whole book. And I found that to be helpful as well. I shared with a guy yesterday how to go to you version and listen to it when he's driving or whenever he is working on projects and no one's around him. Yeah. And so I, I try to mix it up from year to year. Right now I'm going more concentrated in a slow way through the New Testament. And many times I'll read in the Psalms and Proverbs, like a lot of people combine those a chapter a day yeah but then i'm, I'm going to be listening to the old testament narratives yeah. leviticus recently i was in exodus listening so it's like getting an intravenous drip of the word of god right. when you, you listen yeah i would encourage you to at least go through the whole bible during the course of a year but i found the first year i was no longer senior pastor i went through it three times i had a lot more time <laughs> I wasn't having to take care of others and feed them. I could feed myself. And how refreshing that was. And, and just to let you guys know, I think Pastor Miller's as busy now probably as when he was a senior pastor. <laughs> He's a pretty busy guy. He but stays I can in control my schedule better than I did yeah. back then. When you're a pastor, people 
come yeah. in on your schedule and you can't always control it. You're the shepherd. You're 24 seven. Yeah. And somehow you got to put, you, you just got to deal with that. You got to understand that, that my day is going to be in havoc. I think probably as senior, it's yeah. just when I mean, it's just, there's, yeah. there's going to be someone in the hospital. And especially when you got a larger church, there's something always going on. So we're preparing, we're, we're doing these different things and folks, it is important that you listen to the word of God. I, I think not only read the word of God, but listening to yes. the word of God has helped me in many ways. I, I think I've to date and I've been listening to it five years now. And before that, I was just reading. Now I read and listen. And to date, I know of 12 to 15 words that I totally ruined when I would preach sermons. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I listen to Alexander Scorby. I can't listen to James Earl Jones. You know, he was on Star Wars. So yeah. every time I turn him on, this he is what I hear. James. Luke, I'm your father. <laughs> and I just, I just can't do that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. anyway, we're, here we are, and we're looking at this breastplate of righteousness and, you know, pursuing these, these moral and ethical excellence that only God could give. This can only come from God. And I've known people, pastor, I, I've known people who've been very moral people. I've known people who went out of their way. I had a colonel one time who read six or seven books on ethics and then trained us on it. But he just didn't have ethics. He didn't have the help of the Holy Spirit. He, mm. he didn't have God in him. Now he knew what the book said, the books not the book. He had the facts, but he didn't have it applied. Exactly. And uh, so, so talking about application, I mean, you're living your life. You've, you've got a job. You're out there in industry. I was talking to someone yesterday. He works up the road right here. He, he works for Amazon as a huge employer, you know, after BMW, after Michelin. Now we got some Ford stuff going on. We're making dashboards and stuff for new electric Fords here in the area. But after that, I think the fourth largest employer in our county is Amazon. And, uh, and this guy said every day, you know, I'm fulfilling these orders. I have my, my row, you know, and uh, my row fulfills these orders and people actually get them around here, maybe as early as the next day and some of the stuff he has. And he says, it's so monotonous. It's so crazy. And he said, so what I did is I listened to you. And he said, I listened to the word of God. Yes. And he said, something's happening to me at work. He said, people are coming up to me and they're, they're calling me preacher. And he said, I haven't changed a thing. I still say hi to everybody. I still shake everybody's hand. He said, but he says, I guess now I'm telling them I'm praying for them. And, uh, and, uh, people come up to him and say, what's the word of the day. And he says, yeah. he picks a word out of what he heard on the Bible that yeah. changed him. Isn't that what this is all about? Well, yeah, that's the next piece of armor that we're going to look at. It yeah. says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Yeah. And the, the soldier in the Roman military had to have sturdy shoes. These were spiked sandals in a way, but they also went up the shin a distance. So once again, their ankles and shins could not be broken or injured. So there was a protection there. So shod means to Put, put on your sandals or strap them on, is really what he was saying. And he's saying, get these spike shoes so you can stand firm. Like you say, spread out in yeah. the military, one foot behind the other so they can't knock you around. But it, he says, what is it that we're going to be shod with? The preparation of the gospel of peace. That's something. So the sandal is the gospel of peace. They're, they're interchangeably. They're the same thing. And he says... The gospel of peace. Now, Satan is going to try and bring about disturbance. And 
the opposite of disturbance is the calm of peace and the undividedness that peace brings. The Greek word literally means that which is not divided, but is whole and unified. And this is what Satan tries to do in our hearts. He tries to get them disturbed. He likes to get them divided, worried over something, and then trusting God, and then worrying over something. And God comes along and says, no, the gospel. Yeah. It's about Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and there's power in your life. You don't have to worry. I'm the enabler. I'm the one that's able. Trust me, but proclaim my gospel. That's what he's saying, the good news. So once again, I, I, I experienced the disturbance. My mom experienced this kind of disturbance of Satan. I went home after my freshman year training for the ministry, and I wanted to do one thing. I wanted to find out with my parents if they really knew Christ. And I asked my mom, are you saved? She says, well, as a girl, I received Christ, but I'm lost now. I've sinned. Wow. Okay, so Satan had her in a fix. She was truly saved, but she was divided in what she had done and what she believed. Yeah, and folks, I hate to do this. I hate it when the day ends like this, but you know exactly where we're starting tomorrow. So make sure you come back. We're still going to have Pastor Miller with us. We're, we're still talking about have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. We're going to hop right into that first thing tomorrow morning. We sure do love you. If there's anything we can do for you, make sure you reach out at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com or WoundedSpirits.com to include our television show, and you'll see Pastor Miller out there. God bless. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.